Hola and welcome to Arrest on the Mix. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Brand new theme tune there for the show from Dirty Freud this week. Um, go and check out his music. He's been on the show before, telling his story in developing from a playwright, poet, creative writing to an electronic musician, producer and DJ. And he's doing really cool at the minute, collaborating with some huge artists. Uh, he's done the theme music for one of the directors of Breaking Bad, Showreel. Very, very exciting new tune. So I hope you're into the new jingle at the start of the show, uh, courtesy of Dirty Freud. So cheers for that. Really loving it. The weather is slightly moody, Ooh, a little bit unwelcoming, a little bit misinformed. Getting deep this week, getting deep. Because we've got Sandra Deekman returning to the show and we're going to be talking about Sandra's amazing debut children's picture book, Leaf which she has written and illustrated from start to finish. And it's incredible and very important in its message, which we'll get onto a little later in the show today. So welcome to new listeners. Hello to the regulars. Thank you for coming back and returning. It really does mean a lot. I know I tell a lot of you that in person as well, but it does because I love doing this show. It's a labour of love. It's my way of sharing exciting and useful insights into the creative industries via those who very kindly give me their time on a weekly basis to talk about the great work they're doing and the messages and their journey so you guys can all learn and I hope it's doing that job. Keep the feedback coming at Arrest on the Mix on the Twitter. It's ever important uh, and very valuable to me and it's very kind of you guys to take the time to do that which you continue to do in increasingly great numbers. So it's all good stuff. I'm just going to take a moment to thank the crucial sponsors who enable me to do this show for free every week. Founding sponsor, Illustration Limited. Illustrationweb.com, representing over 200 illustrators, animators, set designers, fashion illustrators, lettering specialists, live illustrators, mural artists. Ah, You could go on. We've got everyone going on on my agency, and it's a very exciting place to be. So go and have a look at them. Like I say, illustrationweb.com. Many, many different people, many of our previous guests, we've got Miss Led, Duncan Beattie, Danny Allison, uh, Rohan Eason, Sarah Beetson, lots of cool people at the forefront of the visual communication industry. So go and check them out, lovely people uh, doing a lot of great work inside and outside of illustration. So go check that out. Heartinternet.co.uk came on board when I had a chat with them and I thought what they were doing was very relevant to my own work. Uh, I met the marketing director, Nick Leach, and Hart are very big on making sure you get the best from search engine optimization, making sure you're well represented on Google. Uh, they have lots of good lessons on how to make a great and impactful website, how to get the best from your social media and tailor it to your own work and what you want to do with it. So go and have a look at all the tutorials that they post on their YouTube channels, on Twitter, uh, very prominent on social media, very, very valuable advice for people like us who have to exist now in the digital world online. We have to be out there sharing, spreading our message. It's very important. Sometimes, some days we don't feel like doing it, but these guys make it easier to do it, even on those days. Um, Sandra Deekman is fantastic on social media, and she's rightly got a strong following because she works very hard, got very iconic original work. She does a lot of talks. She's a very lovely, friendly person, and she's been kind enough to have me by the studio twice, so that speaks for itself. <laughs> and um, Sandra uses social media very, very well. She's got such a great balance of playfulness, insightfulness, and it's very genuine 
uh, it's very there's, very there's a real warmth that, that resonates throughout Sandra's work, her personality, if you know her, if you've met her, if you've seen her speak. And also, she she harnesses that really well in the way that she shows her sketches. She discusses occasions. She'll share a relevant image for Easter, for example, which has just gone. Um, she's certainly somebody worth checking out uh, on her social channels. So go and have a look. And that tip is courtesy of heartinternet.co.uk. Last but certainly not least, printed.com. My printers for the show, my printed for my personal promo work. Great service, over 90 different products, matte finishes, gloss finishes, uh, certain types of foiling, uh, concertinas, books, postcards, business cards, lots of good stuff, good quality, great customer service, so go and check those guys out. Um, Sandra's brilliant Mama Wolf studio, which she shares with several other illustrators, is, is, is awesome. It functions also as a shop where you can go and buy printed work by these guys. And when you walk in, it's adorned floor to ceiling with lovely, lovely printed goods. And I always end up buying something when I go around Sandra's Sandra studio because I'm such a sucker for her work. Um, and my girlfriend, Laura, is a huge fan of Sandra's stuff. She was the one who first got me onto her work. So I like to just pick up a postcard or a little ceramic sculpture that Sandra might have made. I'm a, just a huge mark for her work. And I think it's... Uh, it's incredible, and it just goes to show the worth of when you get this stuff printed, especially with what Sandra's doing, as we'll talk about a little later today with her debut children's picture book, Leaf. Uh, it's something you can hold in your hand. There's a certain power about that. You get the colours, you get a different feel altogether, and in today's digital world, people are often crying out for something printed that they can hold in their hands. So on that basis, I recommend no other than printed.com. So go and have a look. They'll look after you over there. They're great guys and they're doing a great job of supporting this show, which I do appreciate massively. So without further ado, Sandra Deekman, she's coming back. She's been on the show once. If you didn't hear that episode, what's wrong with you? Go back and check it out. She's um, she's that good. She's that good and she's very open to talking about the messages behind her iconic work. So Sandra, originally from Germany, you can hear her whole story on the first episode, which I forget the exact number, but it's in the first 10 episodes, and you can go and see the entire archive of Arrest All The Mix. As usual, at soundcloud.com forward slash Arrest All The Mix, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can drop me a lovely review if you're feeling kind enough. Um, thanks to the people who have. I think we're up to about seven or eight reviews at the moment, all very favourable and all very honest. So go and do it. It really does help the show, and it's uh, it means a great deal to me. So even if it's just one sentence, one line, five words, whatever it is, if you're, into the, if you're a fan of the show, please go and post a review. Very, very important. But Sandra's debut picture book is why I wanted to get her back on the show. Leaf is coming out on Flying Eye Books, uh, and that's that's part of Norbrow Press, who've got uh, a deserved, wonderful reputation in the picture book world. They do very different style books, very gorgeous, very deep, you know, all sorts of different stuff, just really quite different to the run-of-the-mill children's book publisher. So it's no surprise to see that Sandra has popped up on the roster, bringing out her debut book, Leaf, which is, well, I'm going to let her tell the story because it's just an incredible um, multifaceted journey of Leaf, who is a polar bear who arrives in a forest out of place, he washes up. And it takes you on his journey of not being accepted, of being frowned upon as an outsider, and we all know that's very relevant to today's society. So 
I wanted to talk to Sandra and get the full story behind her incredible book, which is going to be out about a week after this show comes out, so do go and get it. It's a visual treat. It's full of vibrant colour, wonderful natural settings, which are so iconic and so uh, so typical of Sandra's work and what she's you know gone on to become known for. Uh, it's just mind-blowing, the concept, the journey, that, that she's taken the time to do this, and... You know, such a busy lady with it. It's so in demand. And this book is just, um, it's something else. It's right up there with the best children's books I've seen, hands down. And that's why I wanted to go and return to Mama Wolf Studio and sit down and take another hour of Sandra's time to find out all the details. So we're going to bring you all that today on the show. So I want your feedback. Get it over on the Twitter, at Arrest All Mimics. I want to know what you think. Share your images of the book with us. Um, tag Sandra. Let us know how you're feeling about it. What's your favourite spread? Who's your favourite character? What do you think of the message? And what do you think of the artwork? Because it's brilliant. And I think this is must-listen for anyone who is looking to go into the children's book, uh, picture book market, because it's a, a hard-fought industry. Uh, there's so much good stuff these days. But Sandra exemplifies that you really can stand out despite the numbers by doing your thing and you know, getting to grips with what makes you different rather than following the trends. So we're going to talk about all that good stuff. Um, regular supporters of the show, the Association of Illustrators, have got a fantastic event coming up on May the 20th, which I thought I'd just tell you about. That's coming up in Manchester. And it's Picture Hooks, which they're doing in conjunction with Manchester School of Art and Manchester Met University. And it gives you an insider's view into the picture book industry. So it's very valuable. Like I said, that's coming up on Saturday 20th of May, half nine until five in the evening. Tickets available now. Go and check them out, theaoi.com. So thanks for listening in as ever. Welcome to all new listeners. Like I say, show's growing all the time. It does mean the world, so thank you so much. Thank you to Sandra Deakman for taking the time to come and do this. Thank you to last week's guest, the brilliant Angela Morris Windmill, talking about switching disciplines from high street full-time creative employment in the fashion industry to becoming a fully-fledged independent artist. So you can hear that valuable story too. Go back and check out the archive at soundcloud.com forward slash arrest on the mix. Thank you to the sponsors, illustrationweb.com, artinternet.co.uk and printed.com cheers guys here you go sandra dickman in mama wolf studio talking about her debut picture book leaf on flying eye books so what's been going on then since i saw but i can't remember how long ago it was when we last talked but i mean for this show at least it probably about a year ago or mm. maybe longer i don't know time must, flies in london i don't know anything about time <laughs> i don't know how old i am or what year it is no it was it was it was it must have been before Either really early last year or the year before, late on. Yeah. Because you weren't here in the summer because it was going mad. And um, what was the weather like when you came? I think it was winter. I remember being quite cosy actually and thinking this is because we had all the low lights on. It was in the evening. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, this is beautiful. I yeah. loved it. I just love your studio. I probably. It's got so much soul. Oh, <laughs> like a Wes Anderson set. <laughs> I, put up, I, I think I put on like a joystick and uh, made it all nice and smelly and put a candle on. <laughs> It's good to have morning meetings or well, lunchtime meetings. <laughs> it's yeah. good because you're in a different time slot, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so, well what yeah. about what? How did the natural history stuff go? Because uh, you were you were doing a project there. I was, yeah. I, I actually um I'm kind of happy with half of the work because I I did it on the cusp of 
a depression uh, of of um, not being very well and having to take some time out of work. Mm. So it was within the last few weeks of feeling like I couldn't cope with um, work anymore or myself. Yeah. Um. So I look at the work now and I think, mm, you know, the colours are a little bit garish and. I would have liked to have a little bit more time and I was just throwing too many projects at once at me. Um, but I love the peacock feathers and it was really good working with them. They're mm. an amazing bunch and um, the commission came through Etsy who were collaborating with the Natural History Museum. Um, so yeah, that was really good. It was, um, yeah, it's still really fun. It's very cool to see like an organisation like Etsy coming together with um, such a well-known institution mm. is natural history museum isn't it yeah like, yeah that's because you see actually come to think of it when you go to something like crafty fox not <laughs> because of the name but you do see a lot of animal and, his, and natural history related do, yeah. stuff yeah it's like very um what's the right word i mean not to be derogative but but um it's very twee in that way and yeah. i think um you know there's a lot of anthropomorphized animals um a lot of um illustration that's directed at gift giving um which is quite different actually from what the natural history museum does because they do want that kind of stuff in the shop but they're always really interested in you know having things that are more true to life um mm. and i kind of just tried to mix that a little bit um the uh, mandrel that i illustrated was kind of like an animal hero you know with like a magic crown um, mm. but still true to life and um, yeah, <laughs> really cool. What a great place to have your work. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I made the mistake of going there in half term the other week. Well, not going there, yeah. but I was on that route on that line somewhere, and it's just the tube was chaos. So, I yeah. mean, like parents losing control of kids. You are in right the queue in, in front of the museum for like hours. In the end, <laughs> I didn't actually get to. Say that. But I didn't actually get to see the work in the shop in the end because the exhibition was on for three months, mm. and yeah, it was just last year was sort of you know August till the end was a bit of a write-off. Mm. So um, yeah, it's 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 just what happens in life sometimes, you know. I'm glad I still finished it, and yeah, um, you know, it's a it's it's. Like, nice to have those contacts as well now for the future. Mm. Um, yeah. But, like, I just hop from project to project, so it's really... Yeah. There's always so much going on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was already thinking about um, the book that I was writing, you know, I was right in the middle of it, starting uh, to work on sketches and stuff. Um, yeah, so... So let's talk busy, about that. how did that come about, Leaf? I, I'm so excited by the way, about <laughs> about this. If I if I could have chosen someone, one person to write a children's <laughs> book of the illustrators I knew, it it was always going to be your stuff because I just I, I thought it was it was screaming out for that in my in from my view. I just mm. thought Sandra would be incredible for a children's book. Is it something you'd planned? I always wanted to uh, write and illustrate a children's book. I I remember doing uh, a project in 2010 or 11, really early on in my career. Um, the White Canvas Project with Supreme Being, which was actually like a street art brand, and they were interviewing us. And I rewatched the video recently, and it, and I and I actually said in it like, they asked me what my dream was, and I was like, my dream would be you know to illustrate and write a beautiful book, and um, I was um, doing some teen fiction covers for Anderson, and um, 
then I think through them, they must have known somebody in uh, Flying Eye Books or it was just a matter of finding my website. But I got this email out of the blue from Flying Eye saying, we love your work. This particular image speaks to us. Um, have you got any stories? Have you got any ideas, um, you know, that you want to bring to us? Uh, so I did. I brought three, re three stories to them. And we started talking really loosely in a really relaxed manner, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, just letting my imagination really play. And I remember going through three or four versions, actually, starting with um, a tiny little brown bird <laughs> who was collecting leaves. Um, kind of like an ugly duckling story where mm. he was like just collecting leaves in the forest and transforming himself into this beautiful phoenix um, that he flew through the forest with, through the seasons. And while the seasons changed, obviously the leaves decayed and fell off him. And at the in the end, what was revealed underneath was a different bird. And he'd like grown into himself. Oh. So it was kind of like a story of coming of age. Um, and it wasn't quite there. And then I remember going and having a massage of all things uh, because I was really stressed and lying there for an hour and a half. And the book transformed itself completely and utterly into something else um, again I had spoken to the editor and she'd um, said she brought me this story from the independent about a little girl who was receiving gifts from crows um, and lying in the massage I formed this whole new story about these crows that gather around this house which is on the edge of a cliff a little bit like Lemony Snicket and the waves want to grab the house and pull it off and drown it because in the house are treasures hidden that have been taken out of the sea by an old lady that, ha that has died <laughs> and this new family has moved in and um, um, so the storm grows and grows and uh, the little girl in the, in the um, house is getting really worried about um, them falling into the sea which eventually happens as well even though she throws all the gifts she's found in the house back into the sea. Um, and the crows, right in the end, as the house nearly hits the water, grab the house and swoop it back up and bring it into land. But Leaf is actually an amalgamation of both of those stories because we have the crows, which I really wanted to work with, and we have the idea of that transformation through leaves. Because mm. when you are writing a book, it's, it's like you want to create a world which you would like to draw, um, something that you would really enjoy working on because it's going to be a really long project and at the same time you want to speak about something that's important important to you, important to mm. society, important to children, you don't want to spoon feed you don't want to preach you just want to you know, make something beautiful that's exciting and something that can stay with people so um, yeah, the bird became a bear the bear is still collecting leaves and he's still transforming himself into a phoenix-like flying creature. But we're talking about, in Leaf, we're talking about um, what it's like to be an outsider, which is quite topical with mm. the refugee crisis, what it's like to come to a new place and also what it feels like when nobody treats you as a sentient being, as somebody that deserves respect from the get-go. Um, the animal dwellers in Leaf don't talk to him. So he hasn't got a voice. He's not heard and he's not spoken to and he doesn't speak to anybody. So throughout the book, 
he doesn't say a word until right towards the end. <clears throat> and the forest dwellers just judge him as he's collecting his beautiful leaves. Um, and he makes several flying attempts in the book because he's drifted to the forest from, you know, far away. Um, the ice is melting. He's arrived on an ice floe. And um, in the book, we've got them sort of discussing him behind his back, but never really speaking to him, which results in him making several flying attempts, um, first over a lake that he falls into, and then critically in the end he actually tries to fly across the sea, and he doesn't manage, and he falls in, um, which is quite dangerous and mm. quite scary for children to see him go underwater. Um, but throughout the stories I've sort of split the forest dwellers into two groups um, and the crows in my book are the intelligent thinking proactive group that tries and influences the other uh, animals to really think about him in a different way and watch him and see how sad he is and maybe approach him they don't uh, win um, but when he makes this flying attempt in the end and nearly drowns they do pull him out and help him and um, um, kind of say to everybody, come here, you know, this is just someone like us. And then he tells them a story and, um, yeah, and I did the magical picture that I always wanted to draw, which was not the crows picking up the house, but the crows picking up the big bear and flying him home. Wow. So, you know, so it's a little bit also... Again, again, without being preachy, um, talking about climate change, talking about a changing environment, um, yeah, and about how kindness can be so simple and can transform someone's life, mm. you know, and yeah. First of all, I think it's amazing the plot. I think I think it's so, as you said, so topical um, at the moment. Mm. And one of the things that really jumped out when I was reading about it is the simple switch of it makes it seems so silly these negative attitudes and the, and the whole fear aspect of this um and the themes at play here when you supplant humans with illustrated animals so as we all know you know you sit let's say it doesn't matter who you are mm. you sit down with a children's book and you and you you know maybe they you could class them as cute i don't know you could be, the, the very fact mm. that they're illustrated and they're animals there's a degree of separation and then so that quite possibly in one breath you could be reading this to a child who's who has a much more innocent view of the world and then in the next breath condemning someone in the very same fashion maybe not condemning you know maybe that person's not doing that at all but the, but the point is it's telling a very important story with these essentially devices as animals right yeah. would i be is there a sense of that happening because it, it seems so mm. much more less credible when you think about sitting mm. in and going Oh God! It, you know, it's a, a bear get out of our forest by crows. It's so preposterous when you put it in that. Yeah, yeah. Respect. I don't think I. I always think it doesn't matter to children. I think that children automatically project their own feelings onto the protagonists. So, um, on an on on a visual level, I think I'm playing here with the white polar bear against the colorful forest as a choice. Um, also because he's an endangered creature. And when we talk about um, when we talk about addressing something difficult, a difficult topic, um, 
if I understood that right. Yes. Um, yeah, um, I think um, that's just my personal choice. Um, I find that children often um, can digest it much better when the the things that you're talking about isn't necessarily played through other children like they are. It's not so close. Mm. It gives them a little bit of room to read it one way um, and watch it from the outside and then take their own time to think about the parallels because I think children don't really make... They don't make... They don't have these these drawers yet that they that that we as adults have these 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 learned topics as such you know there isn't there isn't they know what it's like to be afraid mm. but they wouldn't talk to somebody about their fear they they don't they just live it yes. so very i think if that primal. makes sense it's very primal it's very felt yeah. and as just that immediate connection i think to somebody who is an outcast. Um, I've made a point in the way that I've wrote the book as well, which is quite important, where when we start reading the book, Leaf hasn't got a name, and he isn't he or she. He's it, the creature, the beast. Mm. It roamed through the forest. And only when we get maybe into the middle of the book, um, the forest creatures call him Leaf. Um and they say, <laughs> I, um, I'm going to try and find the page. I've actually ripped, I've actually ripped some out Feel of like the I'm dummy. A little, little exclusive here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I'm sure I can like read one, one, uh, one of the pages. They named him Leaf, not only after the creature's odd habit, but because they wanted him to leave. No one they thought should have to live in fear. So. Wow. You know, I'm trying to be a little bit poetic about. The whole thing, <laughs> and only when they actually—it's like a little bit like while they're still rejecting him, there's already an acceptance happening because they're naming him. So mm. un subconsciously, and the children will know this because when the adult reader opens the first page and talks about the strange white creature. That's what we are thinking as adults. But the children will watch it and see immediately that it's a polar bear. It's no threat. It's just a little polar it's bear. very clever. So we are playing on two levels there. Yeah. You know, and and really it's important. a very powerful storytelling device too. With someone who yeah. admires storytelling across all formats, the very fact that he's only named part of the way through the book is very, very strong. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I try to, I mean, I had a lot of time uh, going over it, but. You know, when you are bringing out your debut picture book as author illustrator, I just wanted it to be really well matured mm. in a way. You know, they call it delivery. It's like <laughs> it's kind of like giving birth. <laughs> um, <laughs> you want to do it really well. You probably may maybe not don't manage, <laughs> and something will go wrong along the way. But um, yeah, I mean, I now now I've handed this over. Um, I can honestly say there's nothing. There's nothing else I could have done or changed mm. in the time that I had. What and a great I'm, feeling! I'm happy with yeah. that, which is really great, you know. And how's working with the publisher? Did they? It sounds like Fly and I gave you a, a hell of a lot of freedom and creative license. Completely, yeah, completely. Um, the editor, um, Harry, the main editor, 
it's been amazing and um, literally just um, would listen to my ideas and um, not reject outright but always push in a really productive way mm. uh, push me further sometimes when you're tired and when you think you've reached a certain point where you're okay with something you, you kind of stop thinking and then it takes another person to go I know you can do better <laughs> give you a little nudge or you just maybe have a week or two and take it away and mm. and, 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 and you know how your emotions carry you through different f feelings you, you like there's four days that you feel a little bit down and then you feel elated for two mm. days and then you're preoccupied and then you're very social you're very like and i think you have to go through all these stages and just take that time to to take the book with you take the idea take the story with you and put it into all these different situations if i'm thinking about something or i'm writing something i will you know i can be having a pint or I could be watching something and that's still in the back of my mind. That's still being influenced by what I'm going through. Mm. So, um, you know, you never stop yeah. uh, developing something. And that's why it's really important to give things time to breathe. Absolutely so, brilliant point. I say that because you mentioned about going for the massage and, 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 and doing something like that is a complete just step out of a schedule or a... Mm times when you might not be able to see the wood for the trees mm. and I, I love those moments when you 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 switch the mind off and it and any things just flood in that were maybe blocked out by yeah. not being able to take your eye off the the, the prize so mm. to speak and th this is funny because I've, I've been doing a lot of reading about um writing fiction at the yes. moment because i would like to do that as another story but mm. one of the biggest things i picked up and my misconception coming into this um was that I should plan everything to the nth degree. So I, my plan was to do this huge timeline on my studio wall, plot the characters, <laughs> really in, indulge in that process. Mm. And one of the first things I read, and it was written by Stephen King in a book on writing, yeah. was, no, 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 you have to enjoy it as a reader as yeah. well. You have to let it flow organically, and there will be points in the story that give way to something else and mm. get a very organic process. Mm. It sounds like you experienced that with the way that you said about the two ideas coming together to form this new one and how mm. you had this quiet moment. Yeah, yeah, just weird. Like, you just jump, you know, into something, a new source. <laughs> no, completely. Um, it's, um, I think it's, it's like you said, like, you, you have to take your eye off the prize. It's, it's, if you really want the best out of yourself, you have to just be the creator and the reader and the critic and and um i think if you think about it in a really simple way if you want to make something great why rush it there's no way you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life this is going to this is going to be like a person you, you make it it's out in the world and it takes on a life of its own and if you just did that because it was your first book and you wanted to get it done in two months and you couldn't way to announce to the world that this is out <laughs> that's not the important thing you know you this is your journey you know yeah. this is your this is your chance for growth this is your chance to experiment um and a really important chapter of your life i think mm. um, making something like this um so yeah definitely and also what a beautiful feeling that uh, this can have an impact on a young person's life mm. or a parent's life to, since the topic is is universal and it applies to all of us mm. in, in a really quite 
unavoidable way, mm-hmm. then what a great feeling that actually, in the same time, you could be influencing the life of, let's say, a five-year-old, four-year-old, whatever. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's a grandparent or a parent. Yeah. What yeah. a funny idea that there can be two things taken away completely different. Or like evoking just a, a conversation, perhaps. You yeah. Know, and, and I think stories do that um, in families as well when, you know, certain topics are hard to breach. Um um, I think you know without again without preaching too much, I'm um, just giving that nudge um, for questions. You know wh- what what is it actually speaking about? By being vague, you know like mm. um, how does how does a character feel? Um, you know has Granny felt like that? Have you done anything like that before? You know can asking the child you know what's happening? Do mm. you understand? You know um, have you ever felt like this? I think you know story are. Stories are the stuff of life, you know, like this is for me um, personally, I still live like part of the the battery that feeds me and my creativity and my survival are the stories of my childhood. I, I still go back to those places. I still go back to um, Astrid Lindgren. She was a Swedish writer. She did Pippi Longstocking. But also um, Ronja Räubertochter, which is about a little girl that lives in a castle in a forest. And, you know, she discovers just these wild lands. You know, she sleeps in a cave and rides wild horses. And she has this wild brown hair, which I, I've always sort of associated with. Mm. Um, she's a bit of a heroine. And, um, yeah, like, it, it, it allows me to step out of all the seriousness and just become that child again for a few minutes and, and take the pressure off, mm. you know. So yeah. I hope and I wish, and this is probably my dream, because uh, life's not that long. I don't, I mean, I not want, don't want to be a downer, but, you know, I'm in my early 30s now and I might have the same time again. Maybe I have a little bit longer, but... Um, you know, I think the average life expectancy is 88 at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have only a certain amount of time to do great things. Mm-hmm. And if this is my great thing that I do, then I want to tell stories. Because mm. I'm quite, I think I'm quite sensitive. And there's a lot of, a lot going on in my head. And mm. for some, if I can somehow organize myself with the help of, with, of publishers and editors and, you know, deliver some of those stories... You know, and make other children grow up and maybe think back of my stories and and, and create that little safe space for them Mm. to dive into. Mm. You know, that would be a dream come true. Mm. I always think the greatest results come from people's personalities and natural, and you are a very... I only met you on a handful of occasions, but you immediately come across as a very warm welcoming person which is why I felt from the off when we came here the first time Mm. which is beautiful and and I think it's, it's... it would be a real shame if you didn't do this, you know. Yeah. And, and and this story as well is just so um, it's it like you say it can function on so many levels. It can simply be a story told to be read and enjoyed by a child. Yes. It can also be quite. A, it can make like you said. It can make an adult think. There. Are, that's the that's the glory of it. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is is opening the floor, which is yeah. wonderful and very beautifully, you know, in a mm-hmm. in a great way. Um, it's really funny actually because I had you see the impact that. It has. I was at my best friend's um, house through the weekend, and his little girl has just turned two. 
Yeah. And she's so ahead of her years. I mean, like, she's <laughs> wonderful. But so we sat down and read a book together. And there's a scene in this book when um, when a bear <laughs> pops his head down a badger set and he gets bitten yeah. on the nose. <laughs> and we didn't think about the impact this might have on a two year old. So she's kind of sitting there. All of a sudden, she starts rubbing her nose and going, "Oh, so nose." looking at us going so knows and she just kept repeating so it and, I, and we're thinking oh god like this is oh no and anyway this, the, the same afternoon she gets a different book and there's a bear and immediately she goes to her nose and starts going oh, no. so knows and yeah, we're thinking yeah, oh yeah, no, no. we scared the little girl but, <laughs> no, it's fine. but what a funny idea that she might get to like i don't know whatever age in life and laugh back i think back and think how traumatized she was by that moment <laughs> by that but book. that speaks volumes about yes. what the power of What you stories. just said about your childhood yeah. and the impact these things had on you and, and how you can carry that through life in a myriad of ways. And it never, ever happens like that again. The older you get, the more you... The more the way that we save memories changes. Like, our cognitive uh, thinking sort of takes over, I think, that primal um, influence, and uh, we start organising our thoughts in different ways. And And... Yeah, there is just something like <laughs> learning how to breathe, how mm. to not. I mean, we can breathe, but <laughs> when we're born, <laughs> stripping it right back but to like, basic. Yeah, right back, not that basic, but, but um, <laughs> maybe like. Um, oh God, there's no comparison for that. Yeah, but the first time you feel something, the first mm. time you, you you truly consciously feel something, I think the those childhood memories are just like that. Yeah. Like that first time you had your heart broken, it's probably just as strong in a negative way mm. as the first time that you, you know, saw a bear getting his nose bitten off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by a badger. <laughs> it's only like I think I've always thought that, like when um, when I was little, like the 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 intensity sort of increases, like you. Um, when I lost my mum and, and children um, in, in my school said, oh, that's terrible, that's terrible, I kind of always thought, but you were just as sad when your hamster died because you haven't lost your mum. I know this sounds crazy, but and that's the peak of the sadness that you've experienced in your life. Mm -hmm. So you can't compare it. You can't ever compare emotions. It just sort of, you know, like those are first memories and and everything that comes after it's just thought about in terms of where does it fit in, mm. you know? So, yeah, I am... Um, it's it's a very a... mindful view on it, isn't it? Because you are there. Yeah, yeah, like you say, yeah. in a moment, you can't say, oh, sure, like I've, I've had this happen. We can't relate to that as humans. We can't. No. We can't. You can um, hear that, but yeah, it doesn't which, mean which actually, in a really uh, interesting way, brings us back to some of the, some of the, hopefully, the functions of this book in, in that mm. we, it's very hard without connecting. Well, okay, let's look at the, the refugee thing for example mm. if you were to go for coffee mm -hmm. with someone who's a refugee and you didn't know that that was their, their circumstances and they were to sit and tell you this story and say look this has happened and tell you this heartbreaking story how powerful that would be to 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 have that experience but suddenly you see this presented by some bullshit newspaper right and it's okay, and it's yeah. detached from your circumstances it's maybe it's a similar i don't know if i'm going off track but i think it's a mm. similar a similar thing you it's that Abilit ability to come yes it's an abstract concept isn't it yeah. when you when you can well, that's exactly the same like people were saying when um when we finally started discussing the plight of people getting you know getting drowned you know um coming over on the boats and 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 there was these terrible headlines of you know fathers holding their dead sons and and people um the newspapers were writing about people 
being sort of shocked by seeing um, um, the refugees um, having phones. Um, that was that was a really really simple thing because in 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 your mind you hear the story and it's so far away, and it's in this land 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 that's just detached from your reality, and in a way you think back of stories and you probably imagine somebody with like a sack over their arm mm. and like a donkey and you're like no these are modern families they had houses they had jobs they had bank accounts they have smartphones they just want to go on with their lives and not be disrupted by some idiots warring because mm. of mon money moneyly gain can you say that like that you know like I mean it's more complicated than that but like we are all the same and I yes. think that this is the thing like I, I want to I just want to bring that close to people mm. like um, no matter what you look like and no matter where you come from we all feel the same things you know we we're, all we're all in a spinning a big spinning ball in space we are, yeah and none yeah. of us knows and imagine where we could be if we weren't preoccupied <laughs> with this idiocy yes and none of us none of us you know <laughs> the, be in the, space. the whole truth is yeah they're a religion and everything else not to go too deep but, uh -uh. but fuck it we're here so um none of us know we don't we don't know all we can do is respond as we just said then to the moment and to mm -hmm. what's going on so what the hell? We, mm -hmm. We're all sharing. Yeah, there's a bit of water in between us, but what the fuck, you know? No, Come on, there's like. something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No. Well, you've been on holiday. It's exactly. Not, it's not, not any different anywhere else. No. It's maybe a little bit more sunny or a little bit more dry, but, um, you know, people are happy to eat cake and mm. to hug each other and to, to make love and to, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's all the same mm -hmm. everywhere. How depressing as well. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to take a spaceship to another star and just you know experience something else. <laughs> but you know, no, it's but I, I, I mean, yeah. The, 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 believe me, in the last year or two, there have been many, many times when that yeah. would be a beautiful option. And given it, I probably would have pressed the button. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're creatives, and and I believe, and I don't know if you agree with this. You probably do, but I believe we've got a big role to play in, in countering that. The, the negativity we have um, yeah I well any I, fascist regime will immediately try and switch off any you know cre creative uh, endeavors mm -hmm. um it's dangerous it's free thinking spirited responses to society and i think we have an immense responsibility and i'm so glad to be able to do this job Mm -hmm. um, and to speak to young and old people and I mean what do I know you know I'm just another stupid human being but I can only talk from, from my own experience yeah. um, in my very young life in a way well as I said before maybe half my life is over but <laughs> just yeah but again but, you know, again so, you'd spin a positive on that and yeah. think okay now life is for living let's do this exactly. you know, and when, you've got a dream go for it yeah you know? when do you actually come into consciousness anyway it's not like you yeah. start being actively involved in, at the age of God, no. zero point one, it's like you know you probably <laughs> <laughs> start working in your early twenties. I, you know, so. I have revelations every day. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's something new. Uh, if you if you if your eyes are open to it, there's something new and wonderful each day. You know, and I think definitely look mm. down, look up. You know, yeah. spin around. Like don't. This is a point that I make when I sit on the bus and stuff. Like always try. I mean, in the simplest fashion, just redirect your view and try and make eye contact with people. 
That's really mm. funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new game for your next tube journey. <laughs> oh, definitely. People also know when you're happy, weirdly. This is a bit of tangent, but um, um, when I got signed yesterday at the agency, um, on the way to Notting Hill, I was just sitting on a tube and there was people around me. And on the way back, there was something about my face, which I wasn't controlling, but the 20 people around me kept on looking over and I kept on thinking what's changed are you flirting with me and then this like <laughs> guy over there and then there was that man over there and I was just like I think I must just exude like joy or confidence right now I mean Radiance. you know You're they radiant. say that they can that people can tell if you had sex in the morning <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think we've got another. I, I, I wanted the moment of silence there because I want my listeners to stop and think about what you've done. Sex! <laughs> sex! <laughs> Let's talk about sex, baby! Unbelievable. It feels so good. But oh, yeah. We, I, oh, gonna... my God. Sorry. No, go. go. Can I even... Yeah, this is really funny. I mean, actually ridiculous. When I went on the Women's March in London and I shared... Um, um, a video about me and my friend chanting and singing and a photo uh, people actually commented on my Facebook quite a lot of male uh, males in their 20s or 30s and actually t- talking about sex were saying that um, you don't have to uh, <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> you know publishers publish I probably this. will <laughs> but um, yeah yeah it was like like on the lowest level it was like insults coming our way um, me and my friend Berta saying like uh, we had cobwebs up our vaginas oh my um, god yeah like we had like never it's just like these like ridiculous attacks from people because we were like two strong females speaking oh, up saying like god. listen and like like literally like you know like the low, lowest 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 weapons that you can come mm. at a person with you know like wouldn't sleep with those ugly oh girls god. and I'm just like what yeah you know what? There's a sad thing. <laughs> yeah, anyone standing for anything, I think, brings out the lowest common denominator. Sometimes, it, yeah. it, it just if, if someone someone wears their badge proudly and fights for something, I think it sadly it always brings out the polar opposite, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the sad thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, but it's good to actually, in a way, to see those very stupid. Oh, bring them out of the shadows. Creatures like, coming out of the shadows <laughs> and going like, and actually, don't delete their comments. Leave them online because yeah. everybody else can see how stupid they are. And yeah. It's just like, oh god. Anyway. Yeah. Actually, I had one of, one of these episodes. I had uh, Lisa Maltby, a designer slash illustrator from Sheffield, and she had she'd done she illustrated typographically ten put downs she'd had from like art oh directors and things and some of them were unbelievable I mean like they were they were pretty low and you think oh my god has someone said this in the professional world that's yeah but she she absolutely nailed it turned it into projects put it out there all <laughs> singing all dancing and got loads of good publicity from yes. it and I, yeah. I was like I have to feature that show that, yeah. that, that projects and what a great way to respond you know but also most of us probably associate with it and you know stand by that person so it's yeah. really empowering it's really I think it's always really empowering to speak about any negative uh, any negativity that's coming away because it frees you up mm-hmm. it releases it yeah you know Hundred percent. No matter what it is, I couldn't agree more. You have to, yeah, you yeah. have to, um, yeah, like I said, you have to drag it out and highlight it and, mm-hmm. and get it dealt with. You know, but yeah. that's why I think that's why we're in some of the messes we're in. We're not going to get too political, but if we all just talked a bit more open and had honest debates, I think we'd be mm. in a better place, wouldn't we? You know? Yeah, and we are. I think that Donald Trump, in a way, is um, um, our 
um, our, I don't want to say pin-up, but he's definitely such a clown mm -hmm. and he's so obviously wrong uh, that people are finally feeling empowered to speak up. They mm -hmm. can see what's happening. It's not hidden anymore behind policy. Uh, something is going wrong and if yeah. people, and often people don't understand the whole thing, I don't, um, at least it's inviting conversation and I mean, God knows I've lived so many years of many friends being quite afraid of having political conversations because they just believe that they are not well informed, they mm -hmm. don't have the right to say and have an opinion because, you know, they might be wrong. Um, but that's over now and I love that. I love yeah, yeah. I love seeing everybody stand up and shout and go yeah. and, you know, this is inhumane, yeah. you know. Like any form of yeah. adversity, there are great yeah. positives to be pulled from it if, if exactly. we're willing to kind yeah. of get stuck in there. But it's all about counterpoints, isn't it? You have dark and light. You know, you have that negativity and mm. that positivity. If you're just somewhere in the sludge in between, you're, you know, people stay sludgy. I don't know. <laughs> sludgy, good words. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the plan with the book then? Is there a schedule? When, 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 when can we expect to see it? Yes. Um, so Leaf is being published on the 1st of June. Um, and then I am going to Hartlepool, of all places, to the Illustration Festival straight away to do some book signing and workshops. And then Elkhoff, uh, East London Comic Book and Arts Fair, is happening in East London. Brilliant. Uh, I think the week after, two weeks after. So I'm doing workshops there as well. Um, I've already been to a um, um, day of learning about uh, reading for children and running workshops with Flying Eye and other illustrators from other publishers. Uh, just to get a little bit more clever about how to handle the <laughs> upcoming year. Mm. Um, and yeah, so there should be like school visits and, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and obviously we're already talking about um, delivering the beginnings of new ideas, you know. Wow. So, yeah. And you mentioned there about an agent. Are we are we, are we allowed to talk about oh, that? Oh, that's yet? fine. Yeah, is that, is, yeah. Is that, is that is that public news? That that probably will be public news by the time you publish this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I I got approached by Caroline Sheldon, uh, literary agency in Notting Hill, and um, they've got some amazing people on the list like Julia Donaldson who did the Gruffalo. Um, wow. And um, I don't know if you know the Mousehole Cat. Yeah. Um, um, by Bailey, she's one of my favorite illustrators as well, and I love that book. I reread it two weeks ago and I cried, <laughs> and it was so magical. And uh, yeah, when 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 uh, the agency um, emailed me, I just had a look, of course, at their website and saw all these old, you know, weathered, amazing, <laughs> iconic people, and mm. I just thought, oh wow, and. I was over the moon. Yeah, I was quite nervous. I went yesterday morning and showed my portfolio and had a two-hour chat. And they were really, really um, just delighted and enthusiastic and brilliant and mm. um, offered to sign me. So And how did that come about? Did, they, did you approach them or did they find you? No, they emailed me. Yeah, they emailed me. Um, and, and had they seen Leaf or was this just through your, your work in general? Um, they just said that they had found my website. And um, they'd also seen some of Leaf, not uh, any preview, but um, I think just um, what I had shown or flying I had shown, um, and yeah, we just just loved it, and and um, we we talked about 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 storytelling a lot yesterday, and 
um, actually pick different images out of the portfolio and like did like spin off stories immediately and stuff. And um, I think it will be really great for growing. I have a really good feeling about it. I've been unrepresented for most of the time that I've been working with an illustrator and I've always worked, you know, on different things like snowboards and fashion and book covers and lots of print sales, markets, all sorts. Um, but books is what I really want to do. So um, having such an amazing top agency behind me now is going to um, connect me to um, publishers and hopefully an amazing writer. I mean, I think they're looking to team me up with somebody who's an innovative upcoming writing wow. talent to hopefully bring out a series of books with them. Oh, and very exciting. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but um, I think I'm in good hands now and a little bit closer to my dream of uh, that studio with French doors in the countryside <laughs> <laughs> where I'm sitting with my tea when I'm old wow, doing children's yeah. books. <laughs> I hope I, I want to visit. <laughs> yes, of course. You're invited. Uh, hopefully I'll have uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier, my goat by then, and uh, Steven Seagal, my seagull, and... <laughs> My cats and dogs. It sounds like between <laughs> between the way Leaf and and now being signed to a literary agent, it sounds like they both happened quite organically. Am I, yes. Have you? Do you let things happen in that way? In that sense, have you have you been quite patient in in trusting your instincts and what is mm. what what comes at the right time? Yes, there's two things I need to say. Actually, one thing is that when you do something in illustration more of it comes your way. So if you do anything like public speaking, like working for a certain thing like fashion labels, um, this is what you're putting out, this is what you're telling people. People's memory is very short-lived. People maybe think back three months, I think. There was some sort of study. Um, and then we like readjust our memory to think positive. <laughs> um, yeah, going off tangent. But... Um, Ben, I'm I'm completely confusing <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going mad. <laughs> um, no, but things happen um, happening organically. Um, definitely on that part, they happen organically because you are asking for certain things. You're doing certain things, so you're asking for them. So there's more of that coming your mm. way. Um, sometimes it's also connected with people speaking to each other, I think, in those realms of work. So yeah. publishing, will there will be dinners and conversations and visits and you will mention people's names. So people look you up and probably um, work will come your way that way. Um, but I myself have always let things happen. I, I have been in a really good position, I think, and I know that it's not like that for everybody, but I haven't yet had to ask for work or pitch. So... Um, Maybe I'm spoiled that way, but people have always come to me, and I think if that changed, then I would actively make a plan. Mm. Um, but um, I really like just trying different things, and I've been sort of floating through the illustration business since I started, and weirdly just arrived where I wanted to be. Um, yep. Of course, I grab opportunities. Of of course, I don't yep. just I don't just sit and wait. I work incredibly hard. And um, night and day when I want things. Um, and I think it's just that. It's just like being ready at those moments when opportunities come your way. Um, because you just love doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I would, I would completely 
disagree with being spoiled. I don't think at all. I think we talked about it the first time around, but the, the fact that you work from the heart and you create things you want to create and you lead you lead the you know the work your way in a sense by mm. by putting that out there and being like you said i always say to students portfolio is a statement of intent uh, probably yes. first and foremost it has to be because yes. if you put things in there you don't want to do it's going to attract like for like like yeah. you said there therefore i don't think you've been spoiled at all i think mm. i think it's very admirable and it's no surprise to me that this this has come your way now mm. you know so yeah thanks congrats <laughs> great news on both fronts yes thank yeah. you and i can't wait to see it so yeah so i guess all the information will be uh up there on your website yeah it will be on my website um i've just started a blog on my website as well it's only got one post about leaf but there will be more um as things develop and you know i'm sure i'll be shouting about it as well as flying eye and you'll be able to if you're in london uh, or in hartlepool you'll be able to come and get a book signed by me and uh make yourself an amazing leaf costume to uh, fly around Brilliant. with <laughs> wow that's so. excellent are we going to get to see you in one Yes, yes. I'll definitely make myself one and wear it because I love dressing up. I just, I'm just get really shy when I'm doing workshops. So if I can dress up in something, I just, I'll be so happy. I'm probably wear a polar bear mask or something. Brilliant. So. Oh god, I love it. Oh, before I forget the last bit, yeah. I always have to put you on the spot with again. This yeah, is the no, second you time go. you've done it, the shark and tank bit. But this yeah. time, this time I'm gonna. Oh, uh, but this time I the love and the hate bit at the end. <laughs> yeah, the face of disdain when I pull out I the, the spot question. <laughs> Uh, and it's, I'm going to actually say this time within the world of, of storytelling and children's books, I'm going to keep it more refined. So again, it doesn't have to be a hate's a strong word, positive and a negative. A positive and a negative. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. Uh, maybe a negative, I'm going to start with a negative, would be that you might put a story out. And once the story is out, uh, it's it you can't take it back and it might not be what you wanted it to be but you're just going to have to live with it it's uh you know a deed done <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think it's positive and negative that you have that responsibility for what you put out but um be careful i think what you say because you you'll never be able to take it back and on the positive um, everything <laughs> I think just uh, inspiring others uh, working through your own dreams and nightmares uh, putting a story together um, yeah and like like I said the same the same thing as being negative is positive in the same breath because you're creating something that remains um, of you you know a piece of you that you're birthing that you're putting out into the mm. world um, yeah so it's 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 a it's a big it's a big deal but maybe once you do lots of books it just changes again i think because i'm not that experienced so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brilliant well as ever it's been a pleasure sandra thank you very much for your time oh, thanks for coming <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful and powerful story uh Sandra's a treasure in our industry. Love her to bits, love her work. Um, and I, I hope you do too. Get us your feedback at Arrest or Mimics on Twitter. Are you excited about Leaf? Are you going to go out and buy it? Are you going to get it for a friend's kid, for yourself? I think it holds up for any age, quite, you know, quite honestly. I think it's going to educate as many adults as it is children. Um, interesting what Sandra was saying and, you know, about the fact that when you 
take away the real world setting and you put this in a picture book children's story setting, it really does make all the kind of all the nasty bigotry and all the uh, the misconceptions of immigration and all that kind of stuff, it does kind of make it seem so stupid when you replace it with animal characters, right? That's my take on it anyway. And I, I want to hear your thoughts. So like I say, hit us up on the Twitter at Restomics. You can email me hello at bentallen.com if you want to uh, hit me up personally. Uh, many cool guests coming up soon. We've got some awesome stuff coming up. We've got Stephen Bliss, uh fantastic New York based artist perhaps best known for his work on the Grand Theft Auto series did all that iconic artwork but it's gone on to do some incredible stuff since really creative work so we're going to talk about all that in depth we've got Lucinda Rogers coming up talking about her iconic reportage illustration uh, amongst many other things we've got Andy Council coming up talking about his brilliant street art um, represented by one of the show sponsors illustrationweb.com so thanks to those guys so much coming up uh, and with kind support from them alongside heartinternet.co.uk and printed.com thank you so much for listening as ever it's been a pleasure doing this so far and it's only going to get better we've got awesome guests coming up thank you so much again Sandra for today's show I'm looking forward to hearing from you all soon thank you to the AOI for their ongoing support um, Feedback, get it over. I want to hear from you all, and I look forward to hearing from you all soon on future episodes. Cheers for checking in, guys. Speak to you very, very soon. (laughs) 